Oi! It's the last Kvetch with Chris Moskowitz. We're here. Grab a bagel and a schmear, maybe a couple of coffee. And uh, don't forget to eat your matzo ball. I was going to say a Reuben, but obviously you're not going to eat a Reuben, shrimp, or pork here on the last Kvetch with Chris Moskowitz. Um, this ADL stuff, Anti-Defamation League, Greenblatt versus Musk is really starting to heat up because we're starting to see that what uh, that story I talked about the other day about how Greenblatt, the head of the ADL, was shaking down Elon Musk for donations once he took over Twitter. And when he didn't get those donations, he then started a boycott uh, throughout all of his contacts, which ultimately made Twitter lose and Elon Musk, I think, around 60 billion dollars or uh, some massive amount of revenue uh, that was generated from advertisers, Greenblatt just basically pulled the plug on Twitter. So I hope Elon Musk goes after him. And hot on the heels of all of this, uh, there was a tweet the other day uh, by Rabbi Michael Barclay. Amazing! ADL Greenblatt just sent out a letter to Jewish leaders asking for donations because of X and Twitter, inferring that Elon Musk is an unrepentant bigot and that those who oppose them are white supremacists, them being the ADL, Christian nationalists, conspiracy theorists. Disgusting. And Ashley St. Clair also tweeted uh, about this. In case you were skeptical of the ADL's grift, they're now sending letters out to Jewish leaders and fundraising off of Elon Musk being, quote-unquote, anti-Semitic for calling out their mafia-style pressure campaigns. See, that's the thing with all of these leaders on the Democrat side. No matter what you do. Now, this doesn't have to be Jewish. I mean, replace Jewish with some other minority that you can think of, whether it's women, trans, black people, you, name it, right? What they do is, oh, donate to me. And if you don't donate to me, then I'm going to slander you for being a bigot or against whatever minority group that I belong to. And then that's when you get all of these big companies and banks doing stupid things like hiring people based upon physical characteristics and not hiring or promoting people based upon their actual competency and experience, right? That's how we get into these problems. Even Ben Shapiro kind of called everybody out on this. Elon Musk is at war with the ADL. And like a lot of these progressive interest groups, they are interested in removing advertising revenue from sources where they can't control speech. So once again, we see this prime example of how the Democrats and the left are completely fascistic and want to remove your rights. They don't want you to speak if you go counter to their narrative or they don't happen to agree with you. This is this is completely against everything that we know and what America should be. Elon Musk, he continues, happens to be correct about all of that, which is why it's very important that if you're an advertiser or you're looking at platforms to advertise on, you probably should be looking at free speech platforms like X. Very, very good. Uh, Elon Musk even commented on that one by saying accurate. So... Here's the other part of this. Uh, InformationLiberation.com, Twitter ex-owner Elon Musk revealed on Wednesday, Greenblatt, the extremely powerful CEO, tried to shake him down for donations. Andrew Ross Sorkin, this is what I brought up, uh, asks Greenblatt uh, uh, if he was seeking to have a role at X or shaking down Elon Musk for donations. And he responds by saying that's an anti-Semitic trope. In other words... The person asking the question of Greenblatt, of what I just read, is being anti-Semitic, despite the questioner being Jewish himself. 
So Greenblatt does not have a leg to stand on. He's got to go. And if he is backed into a corner, the first thing out of his mouth is, oh, you're being anti-Semitic. I mean, this is how all of this works. And it doesn't have to be with the ADL. I mean, look at Black Lives Matter. Look at, you know, trans rights. Look at uh, the Green New Deal, right? It's all the same kind of thing. If you don't agree with me, then that means you're a bigot. I mean, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Elon Musk continued along with that by saying, because the answer is yes regarding seeking donations. Hence, Greenblatt's refusal to answer the question. JG instead went on the attack, implying Sorkin, uh, that Sorkin, despite being Jewish, is somehow an anti-Semite. That's what this is all about. And finally, concluding with all of this, uh, I love how ADL overlord Greenblatt, this is from Ashley St. Clair, says the ADL is just a little nonprofit from New York with no power, as if they did not lead a pressure campaign that squeezed $60 billion from Meta's market cap for not complying with their demands. So here's the other thing with all this, right? I want you to do some research. Look at how many dual citizens are in Biden's cabinet. Now, those dual citizens probably are going to be dual citizens of the United States and Israel, right? And if it's not the people in the cabinet, then look at their spouses who happen to be dual citizens. Uh, One big one, Victoria Nuland. Uh, That may have something to do with what's going on here, right? Why is this such a big deal? Why can't we understand that if the ADL is going to do pressure campaigns against various social media groups and companies or whatever else. Why is it a big deal to assume that those individuals that have dual citizenship are going to support organizations like the ADL? Why? Because they're aligned together, right? It doesn't mean that there's some vast conspiracy and all this other stuff. All it technically means, or potentially what it could technically mean, is that the ADL promotes some kind of agenda that goes along with the Democrats. And since a lot of the Democrats, especially dual citizens, would probably align themselves and donate to organizations like the ADL, they're going to go along with it. They're going to abuse their positions of power to enforce whatever the ADL narrative is going to be. So Musk has a very, very large agenda ahead of him and this is going to be a literal david and goliath moment hopefully greenblatt just loses it says something even more idiotic than what he's already done and he just goes away because he is sounding awful and he's doing a lot of damage to the jewish population believe it or not because of his idiotic rhetoric i mean you just can't get any dumber and haughtier than this guy i mean his first defense when he's pressed is to say that you're anti-Semitic, despite the person being Jewish himself. I mean, it's just sad. It is It is just a cowardly, thin-skinned, uh, slimy, spineless way to respond to some kind of criticism on a national show like uh, CNBC or a national network. I mean, you think people in politics are thin-skinned. I mean, look at Howard Stern. Do you do any research on Howard Stern or even just listen to all of his garbage, his old shows? Oh, yes. Uh, we're going to have lesbians kissing on the air. Hoo-hoo, Robin. Oh, yeah. So now Robin is in the—actually, Howard Stern is in the news, New York Post. Gabrielle Hayes. I mean, what is this? The, the, <laughs> Gabrielle Hayes? Is this Gabby Hayes from Blazing Saddles? Did he write this? Your pressure cooker. All right. Howard Stern admits fear of new COVID strain— 
has caused fights with his wife. I'm scared and neurotic. Well, yeah, we all knew that Howard Stern was an unfunny, thin-skinned, prickly, neurotic idiot. He has been this way since day one, back in the 80s. He talks about how he was so frightened of Imus and how he would just basically rattle himself apart about getting a good show on the air. I mean... I guess there is some truth to that because the guy averages $90 million a year. I mean, say what you want about him. He at least knows how to do math and negotiate contracts at that rate. I mean, that's insane. $90 million a year. So now he's getting into a fight with his wife about masking and COVID, oddly enough. I mean, his wife pressured him when he married this this woman uh, to, to, like, hawk kittens on the air like he would bring them into the air because they were doing some kind of fundraising thing for a shelter out on long island where they lived or close to where they lived or volunteered and it was just awful radio it's terrible radio and this guy makes 90 million dollars a year you're killing me on the wednesday segment of a serious xm show idiot conceded that he's paranoid and neurotic especially when it comes to the virus and noticed uh noted that his wife beth ostrowski is less so, and he explained that the, this led to tension and arguments with her as media outlets have been warning about a new virus. The topic came up on a guest caller, and now he's worried about it. Stern admitted to the fear of getting sick and has been weighing on him and his relationship. I'm going crazy with this, he said. Uh, my wife yelled at me last night. We got into a fight. Hoo-hoo. You know I'm paranoid about getting COVID, Robin. I haven't gotten it, and I'm pretty safe. And I really don't want to get it. Hoo-hoo. Yeah, well, maybe you should get a sense of humor. Maybe you should learn how to do radio again instead of showing up to Sirius XM for about two and a half hours a week and then playing replays uh, from the past I don't know how many shows. Maybe you should get a sense of humor. Maybe you should actually work on a bit every now and then and poke fun at people. Get, get some laughs in there. Remember those things? Uh, Howard, maybe you should chuckle a little bit. Stop being such an idiot and a pussy and grow up hair like you supposedly had. And do us all a favor. Get rid of the hair. The hair looks ridiculous on you. You're 70 years old. Chop, don't chop it all up, but do something with it. I mean, it looks, to me, it looks fake. And if it's not fake, congratulations. But... Uh, if it, I don't know, just, just do something, get a, get, get a trim. You look ridiculous. You look like you should be at the kennel club somewhere, uh, trying to get best coat. It's stupid and idiotic. And, and he's just a moron. Uh, oh, I want to, I don't know how much longer I'm going to go here, but I wanted to bring this up. This is from the independent, uh, co.uk mysterious earth sized planet could be hiding in plain sight in our solar system. Ooh, could they be naming this planet Planet X? Astronomers have found evidence of an Earth-like planet in the solar system, and it may be circling the sun in an orbit beyond Neptune. And physicists said the planet could be much closer to the hypothetical Planet 9 thought to exist in the far outer edges of the solar system. So now we're talking about two other planets that they're not really explaining what they know about them. Several studies in the past have suggested that there is likely a yet undiscovered planet beyond the Cuber Belt, a stellar disk of materials such as asteroids, space rocks, and comets, and possibly ice, out there. So this is important. Why is this important? Because if we are to believe a lot of what uh, people like Zechariah Sitchin 
uh, have written about with chariots of the gods and so on and so forth about aliens coming to Earth and, and uh, basically creating the human race and so on and so forth. I'm not necessarily subscribing to that, but for the purposes of our argument, we will have to. If there's a planet on a very, very large elliptical orbit going around the solar system, and now, according to the Independent, uh, possibly two planets orbiting the solar system that only come our direction every few thousands of years, that perfectly explains what would be going on regarding climate change, uh, geological events, uh, volcanoes, earthquakes, weather patterns, pole shifts, and so on and so forth. It is a natural progression. It's a natural orbit. And to assume that the poles and the weather systems and the geological uh, events on this planet and other planets wouldn't be affected by these two other planets coming into and out of the solar system closer and closer to Earth is extremely foolish. So yes, I probably would subscribe to this theory, and I would probably say that that's the real reason why you've got all of this climate change beyond what we already know about chemtrails and manipulating the ionosphere and 5G and all that other stuff. I would sooner suspect that 5G and uh, manipulating the ionosphere with HARP and all that is an attempt to maintain the current geolo uh, electromagnetic frequencies and uh, polar uh, magnetics. Uh, let's start this again. Woof. <laughs> I would sooner suspect 5G, HARP, and all of that is in place to maintain the current electromagnetic frequencies on the planet so that the powers that be can maintain control and not allow the human species to elevate. Because whenever you see these two planets come around, right, every couple of hundred years, every couple thousands of years, there's some kind of progression with the human species at large. Look at the Renaissance. Uh, look at, uh, you name it, you get the idea. There's some kind of awakening. There's something that happens that clicks when these uh, astronomical events occur. So this is important because it also leads us down this road uh, where Giza Death Star brought this up. UNICEF video urging children to accept extraterrestrials. Very, very odd. And it's the UNICEF franchise in Chile. This is coming hot on the heels of another story uh, that I will only briefly bring up. Uh, needless to say, I have all sorts of questions about this. And uh, we can really go down the rabbit hole with this, but I'll try to keep it quick. It's about a young boy, extraterrestrial with large eyes, elongated ears, and just ever so slightly green and speckled complexion named Marciano, who apparently eats blue apples and who can levitate his classmates. And the message of the short commercial is clear, except the integration of E.T. into human society. And this is from UNICEF, like I said. So this brings up a couple of things. Why, as I've brought up many times, are we being prepped with a narrative that aliens are already among us? We're being prepped with a narrative that, well, aliens look human, but aren't necessarily human. You can go back to the Bible where you've got the children of God or the children of man. There's a significant difference, and the children of God are not angels. So what class of human is that? And then we could go back and look at Zulu history and everything else, and we realize that the human story is not unique to Earth. And more than likely, human beings have been scattered all across the, scar the stars. 
right? There is a humanoid essence. And it doesn't matter if you're reptilian or part of the blue chicken cult, the blue avians, uh, that was debunked many times before. The humanoid features are there, bipedal, two arms, head, all that other stuff. But there's something extremely unique about the human being, right? It is the humanoids that are prevalent throughout. Now, the other obstacle that you may have to kind of wrap your head around is that the fact that a humanoid could potentially breed with another humanoid to create some kind of hybrid. Potentially. Depends if there's any sort of technology involved in all of this. But going back to this UNICEF story, this is something that I've brought up many times. I brought up the fact that the reason why they could potentially throw in central banking digital currencies and require you to have a vaccine passport and require you to put your biometrics on file in some kind of database, whether it's the government or some contractor, right, is potentially because, and, the re and also the reason why you had to be injected with an mRNA or mod RNA or something with graphene oxide, is to make sure that they can track the stock they can track the human stock on this planet because there are aliens among us that look strikingly like the humans. So that's what I suspect is really going on here. Now, there may be some slight differences, uh, especially if you look into the dumbs research deep underground military bases. What's going on down there? Look into Dolce Air Force Base and all that. Uh, you could have these hybrids already being created, and they're ready to introduce them onto the planet Earth. The other interesting story that came up is that, uh, what was it? I think it was, ah, nuts. I don't remember uh, what group came up with it. I don't remember what nation uh, did this. But they created what appears to be a human-like embryo, and ultimately would be a fetus, right? Uh, without sperm and without eggs. What are we talking about with this? That means they have human beings that potentially don't have a soul. They've created a golem. They've created a fleshy beast with no true connection to God or the higher self. This sounds exactly like what we've brought up uh, with the Zulu histories and the origins of evil, the head cheese that was creating all the evil, created these golem-like creatures, a mix of everything in nature and in uh, certain parts of the spiritual realm to do, his to do his bidding and take over the planet Earth, right? And then you also got the Jewish mythologies, where they talk about creating golems so that the golems can do the bidding of whoever created them. This is a very dark path, because now you can say, oh, look, we've got disclosure. We've found aliens, and aliens are among us. And wouldn't you know it, these aliens don't have a soul because they've been created in these kinds of labs. And to assume that they cannot control these beings through some kind of, I don't know, electromagnetic frequency, some kind of programming, some kind of monitoring, sometime, some kind of absolute control, right? Is foolhardy. You have to assume if they're creating these things through a test tube with no clear connection to the divine, then they are completely controlled and compromised. So they will do the bidding of whoever created them. 
That is the real story here. And that's what's extremely disturbing, right? That's why we have to worry about these kinds of things. Because this, this, this stuff has been done. This stuff has been done many times throughout human history. The Zulu story. Uh, look up Edgar Cayce and what happens when the Atlanteans from Atlantis go into Egypt. I've always said this. Egypt is an Egyptian. It's Atlantean, right? All of the Atlanteans that come over, they bring with them, because they're fleeing Atlantis, they bring with them these automatons, these things, quote-unquote. They're the same of what we just referenced. They're golems. They are spiritless beings meant to do the bidding of whoever controls them. And one final note about that odd reference of this being in the UNICEF commercial, eating blue apples. Blue apples of Rene Lachateau. Uh, it's sometimes referred to as midday blue apples, but it also references descendants of Atlantis, and blue apples reference the idea that these people are connected to the divine. They come to mean one with God, and hence a new or a different human being, a Newman being, if you will. That's what they're getting at here. They're trying to alter the genetic makeup in one form or another of the human being. That's the true story behind all of this. Okay, that's going to be it for me. It is The Last Kvetch with Chris Moskowitz. You know what to do. Like me, find me, share me. I've got another podcast coming up with uh, Greg Bolden. We'll do a weekly wrap-up, and next week it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great podcast. Not a good podcast, but a great podcast. We're going to talk to people involving uh, with, with well-researched in angels and demons. And then we're going to get into the occult next week, too. So gird your loins for that. Do some research in the Bible. Look up your Gnostic texts and ask us questions. Find us on X, Last Call Caravan. And you can go over to Greg's uh, Twitter handle as well. Greg Bolden, a host of America and Bolden on the Outloud Network. I am Chris Moskowitz. This has been The Last Kvetch with Chris Moskowitz. <laughs>